another awesome episode of the Spectacular Spider-Man Sal Buscema Era Podcast. And uh, Chris? We're going to officially call the t- name of the show the Spectacular Sal Buscema Era Podcast. That way it's differentiated from the other Spectacular Spider-Man podcast, which there is one. Uh, they apparently were covering the animated series. Okay. Yes. Okay. This episode is Drew. Hi, I'm Drew. Hey, you should also hey, say where hi. you're from, too. Oh, um, I'm from Earth in Westchester. And, no. um I do things. What do you write for, jackass? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Hi, everybody who doesn't already watch the show. Uh, I'm Drew. I write for Screen Rant. I'm always glad to be here. Good cop with uh, for Chris's uh, nerd cop. So hi, Leo. And you're a member of the Dorkany Network and a member of the upcoming DC's Legends of Comics project, which is still under wraps. That's why I didn't say it. Why not let you say it? You just do it so much better than me. So, you know. So, just everyone knows there's a top secret project that Drew and I and a couple other people from the comic book community are working on. I can't give too yep. much away, but it's a TV show project called DC cool. Legends of Comics. Name should imply what it means, just as a preview for anybody. So, <laughs> imagination, kids. Imagination. We're going to talk about today's Spectacular Spider Man 151, published June 1989. Editor in chief Tom DeFalco, the penciler and inker and cover artist are all the same great man, Sal Basima, who I'm still trying to get on this show. I have to apparently get a hold of Ron Friends in order to get Sal Basima on. Ooh, could you imagine we had Ron Friends on the show as well? He's great. Writer is Jerry Conway. Somebody else I would love to have on the show. Colorist Bob Sharon. Letterer Rick Parker. And editor Jim Scalrup. And we pick up from where we left off in the previous issue, where Robbie Robinson is now in prison, serving out his sentence for uh, covering up evidence against Tombstone. Spider-Man goes to visit Robbie, but he shoes him away because he doesn't want Spider-Man to find out that Tombstone is Robbie's cellmate. One of the guards yeah. spots Spider-Man and decides to uh, sell the information to the Bugle, which Peter will eventually find out, find out about. Why is he going to sell this information to the Bugle? Why does the Bugle have a uh, reward out for photographs to incriminate Spider-Man? Because if you read Web of Spider-Man recently and The Amazing Spider-Man, the chameleon has kidnapped J. Jonah Jameson and taken over his identity. Which is funny enough, if you currently read right now Amazing Spider-Man, the chameleon conspiracy has just begun where Teresa Parker, Peter's long-lost sister, confronts the chameleon and uh, who is involved with the death of Peter's parents, along with the finisher, who was the fake Red Skull from Amazing Spider-Man <laughs> Annual Number 5. There's a lot of information right there. But yes, the chameleon is currently running around in the Spider-Man books right now. So I digress. Uh, hey. Gloria Grant wants to, wants to have a conversation with her uh, gangster boyfriend, and he shoes her away. Peter Parker uh, finds out that the photographs that were used against him are published in the bugle he has to also deal with the fact that him and mary jane are pretty much homeless after a stalker fan tried to take mary jane and kidnap her hold her in like an underground bunker spider-man had to fight taskmaster and several other villains in order to get mary jane back and that all occurred over in the web in the amazing spider-man by i believe todd mcfarlane while in prison robbie is about to get killed by tombstone when a big dude thinks robbie has a pretty mouth and wants him to be robbie's best friend or on that later i'm not even hoping that is the context of what happens it is really really sketchy stuff over in the navajo new mexico desert the puma who believes that he is wrong spider-man wants to do something to make up for his transgression transgression against spider-man which happened in web of spider-man number 50 him silver sable the wild pack 
all went after Spider-Man because they thought Spider-Man was a criminal uh, for something. I don't know. I didn't read Web of Spider-Man number 50. But he feels as though after they cleared Spider-Man's name, he owes a debt to Spider-Man. That plot line will come up eventually here in all of the books because he eventually becomes the new owner of the Daily Bugle. Back to Spider-Man dealing with the uh, problems at the Bugle. He confronts Nick Katzenberg, who is a sleazeball photographer who is basically making all the money uh, for the Bugle with his scandalous pictures of Spider-Man and Jameson is shooting all of Peter's pictures down because the community knows that Spider-Man and Peter Parker are friends <laughs> eventually by the way the chameleon does learn spider-man is peter parker doesn't really ever use it to his advantage very much other than teaming up with harry oswin to create the uh parents of peter parker who end up being like silicon robot clone things <laughs> gloria goes back to her apartment and waiting in the shadows is her boyfriend eduardo lobo who transforms into his wolf form and proceeds to attack her to be continued in both web of spider-man number 51 and spectacular spider-man number 152 nicely done chris yes so basically when we come back in the next episode we'll be doing two issues everybody uh why because there's two lobo brothers one confronts the arranger and fights spider-man the other one is banging gloria <laughs> and she's having all sorts of We'll, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it because it's actually one of my favorite spectacular Spider-Man issues ever uh, drawn or written. <laughs> oh, uh, this prison, uh, Lewisburg Federal Penitentiary in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. Is this a real prison? You know, I'm not really sure. I, I feel like it is. But I got to be honest with you, the entire time, like, I'm seeing Robbie, I just kept getting, like, Morgan Freeman and Shawshank, like I just imagined that voice narrating Robbie's life in prison. Just oh yes, it is a real prison. Uh, they're currently closed for visiting, but yeah, the United States uh, Penitentiary in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, they exist. They were, uh, doesn't say when they were established, but yeah, they've been around. Oh, sorry, they opened it in 1932 and they're still currently running. Wow, okay. Yep. They're a medium well, security prison, which is basically where somebody like Robbie would go not mm -hmm. where somebody like Tombstone would go. Let, let's let's break that down a little bit. I don't know. I don't have a lot of legal background. I don't know about you, Drew. I don't know about you, Leo. Nope. Okay. I try to stay but out of courtrooms. You wouldn't send a convicted murderer to the same prison you send a guy who just basically didn't tattle on anybody and kept information to himself. Uh, no, well, but Tombstone said it himself. He manipulated it so that he would be placed there because Robbie is his friend. Right. So, you know. But can I just say that I'm sorry, I'm glad you said it, but wow, that bruiser scene, like for me, what did it for me was, was the, the, the shoulder rub. I oh, was like, no, oh no, 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 mm -mm. no don't, get seen this. don't get too attached to that character, Drew. <laughs> no, I'm not, but I just saw that. And I just, I, Robbie's face was like, oh, that's like when someone gives you a back rub and you're like, no, I did not ask for this. I did did not know. It's, it's really so great ridiculous. to see. It's really great great to see. Flash Thompson is still the number one fan of the Spider Man fan club and relevant once again because uh, Flash Thompson just came back to life recently. Yeah, and I, do you enjoy that he he even at his age he was like, you know, maybe I'll just start up the fan club again. It's gonna help Spider Man. Like you're grown, <laughs> you're a grown man starting a superhero fan club. See, back then that would have sounded dumb. Now that's actually pretty accurate. So. Yeah, and it's also funny that he's meeting with uh, Betty Brant because uh, they would actually date for a very long time and mm -hmm. continue even dating when he's secretly Agent Venom uh, during his drinking problem days. 
and uh, she kind of pined for him, you know, even when they broke up, even in death. But if you read current issues of Amazing Spider-Man, Betty has shown up pregnant with Ned Leeds' child, and Peter thinks she's nuts until Ned Leeds shows up. Oh, boy. No, I did not know that. I yeah, saw the pregnancy. Is back from the dead, but how he is back from the dead is still unknown. Could possibly be tied into Kindred, or it could be the clone of Ned Leeds that was created by the Jackal Ben Riley, mm-hmm. which again is a lot to unpack. Puma. This is the first appearance we've seen of Puma in the comic book. Puma is a Native American superhero who I don't think gets a lot of uh, time in Marvel Comics, but he's basically like, he's got like Black Panther's origin, but Native American. Yeah, and it's funny because the last time I remember seeing him was during civil war when he i think when he had a thing with black cat and i was just like and so i saw that i was like whoa this guy like nice what are you doing here well it's funny you say that about black black cat and puma because i remember that happening it happened just before civil war around the time of civil war Mm -hmm. and uh excellent art in that comic book uh i don't remember which book that was but it wasn't friendly neighborhood spider-man oh it was sensational spider-man that's what it was yeah and that was angel medina uh, the guy he 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 did work for Spawn back in the day. Yeah, I remember. Yes, that. that's why his artwork looks so much like Todd's. God, I was like, why does this guy's artwork look like Todd so much? Mm-hmm. Um, what's funny is Black Cat just started a new relationship. Uh, she's always been kind of bisexual, I guess. We've never really seen her with a woman, but at the end of her most recent comic book, she's embracing and kissing the Queen of the Thieves Guild. Okay. But she's not doing that like, oh, I'm totally in love with this woman. We're going to get married type of way. No, she's doing it to manipulate her and using her, you know, for sex to get what the Black Cat wants. Yeah, it sounds like Felicia. Yep, but, no, um, no problem with it. Tombstone, I'm sorry. Puma having the article where it says Spider-Man connected to attempted prison breakout, that gets into Puma's head to, I need to fix uh, Spider-Man's life. By the way, Puma, you know, at this time, there's not a lot of people living that know Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Mary Jane, mm-hmm. Wolverine, Daredevil, probably Nick Fury because he knows who everyone is. And I don't care about right. cosmic characters because cosmic characters don't care about super secret identities. But honestly, that's yeah. five people that are alive that know Spider-Man is Peter Parker. Puma is one of them. And one of the best examples of trying to help Peter and interfering with Peter's life is read the spectacular Spider-Man honeymoon issue where him and Mary Jane go on their honeymoon and he promises no Spider-Man shenanigans and Puma's there. <laughs> and they run into old friends of Mary Jane's at the end of the issue after a lot of BS where he has to be, play Spider-Man, of course. Um, he, they run into old friends of Mary Jane's once again and they and he can overhear the conversation that, you know, why did you marry this guy, this photographer i mean you used to date like bodybuilders and actors and you're married you know this twig of a man and he goes over thomas firestone's table and like slams his fist down nearly cracky in half throwing the shitty costume that firestone made of uh fire whatever puma's last name is at him and telling him off and all the women at mary jane's table like threw their hands up and like "Woo, that's a man who takes care of his woman (laughs) dear god but i think the, the other crazy part is you have this really sweet moment where you have, they're talking about apartments, they're going to get back on their feet. Oh my God, I love you. They're going in for a kiss. And then it's immediately ruined because Peter sees the headline. Like, it's like, Peter, weren't we just kissing? Like having a nice moment? He's like, that son of a bitch. Like, come on, what the hell? And then he just goes ballistic. And it, it's just so nice to see Peter going off because I feel like every once in a while it's, oh my God, how did I do this? 
And then it's that, that, oh my God, how did I do this? I just made things worse. I'm like, yeah, because you're a human being and you can only deal with so much before you're going to snap. Even right. even rubber bands snap when they're stretched too thin, dude. Like, come on. Now, Nick Katzenberg, this chubby, you know, piece of shit photographer that basically takes scandalous pictures and sells them of celebrities. You know, it's mentioned Sean and Madonna. I'm assuming Sean Penn and Madonna dated at this time. Yeah, that's the famous, you know, don't you remember the whole famous thing where Sean Penn, like, did he like throw a rock at a photographer or like punch? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like punch and the guy sued him, right, Leo? Am I am I right? Yeah, you're so our historian. So it sounds about right. Anyway. Yeah. Thank so, you, Sophia. I don't know how much <laughs> Katzenberg runs around in this spectacular book, but I do know his fate ends in amazing. Um mm -hmm. eventually Mary Jane starts smoking because we need to write something for Mary Jane to do that's gonna distance her from Peter. Because Peter yeah. being Spider-Man putting his life on the line enough isn't enough of a problem. No, nope. she starts smoking all the time. And to get her to stop smoking, Katzenberg got in trouble for some photographs that he sold that incriminated Peter, ended up being, not being true, and ended up getting mm -hmm. him trouble with the with um, the foreigner, the hobgoblin, the kingpin, the rogue. A lot of people wanted Katzenberg dead. He ends up having a heart attack, going to the hospital. We don't see him again for a while. Later on, when Peter wants to snap Mary Jane out of her smoking habit, he has her visit Katzenberg in the hospital, and he's skinny as hell with like a with a with a breathing tube in his nose and he has cancer a couple issues later we find out he dies and when peter is kind of dying due to some problem fighting the owl and puma and getting poisoned mm -hmm. the whole story arc that led into the clone saga uh, or during mm -hmm. the clone saga on his way through heaven or up to heaven he meets katzenberg's uh ghost who's still smoking <laughs> i just don't you just, don't you just love when you're reading a Spider-Man issue and then it just has a moment that just comes out of nowhere and it's just so real and just like what it's like when Rick and Morty gets super real out of nowhere you're just like oh feelings why did you do this like you're just like oh it's like it's like oh hey here kids this is what's gonna happen if you hitchhike you're gonna end up dead you bring them to a morgue like what Good, good, good parenting there, kids. Good, Peter, great relationship skills. No wonder she leaves your ass. <laughs> like, uh, it is very cool to see the entire staff of the Bugle in some way, whether they're in prison, whether they're in someone's broom closet because they've been kidnapped or replaced by the chameleon. You know, it's still nice. <laughs> yeah, and and, it, and it's it's. I think the other thing that's really interesting is that. You, it's a legit moment where Jonah has dirt. He's been attacked by Spider-Man, you know? And right. if it, 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 this is anything that old flat top would love, like he, he got threatened by Spider-Man. He got, uh, technically you could say he got assaulted, right. you know? And there's photograph. Like, it's just like Peter, it's just one of like, for all the times you don't want to be called a monster, don't like, you're just played into the hand. And then Chameleon just does this thing. And he's just like, this is all going perfectly according to my plan. And I'm like, yes. What now that plan? The whole plot line of Puma eventually we'll get to it about, you know, he buys the bugle and then basically doesn't do a smear campaign against Spider-Man. He puts billboards and posters up of Spider-Man. He's your friendly neighborhood superhero. Spider-Man tells you to brush your teeth, kids, everywhere. And it drives Spidey insane. And when Jonas, mm -hmm. Jonah eventually takes back control of the bugle, there is this really touching moment where Marla, his wife, says, uh, or, jo or, or Kate Cushing says, oh, I guess we should take down the uh, Spider-Man logos everywhere. And he's like, no, you can leave those up for a little while. <laughs> give, it, give it three days. <laughs> no, but it, it's kind of like a, a very touching moment because I think Spider-Man did something for, for Jameson. That's why he's like, no, no, you can... 
it takes it costs too much money to take them down. Why don't we run the ads for a while? Yeah. <laughs> the thing Spider-Man did for Jonah saved his son, saved him from the scorpion, Which saved him from, thank you, saved him from demons. I mean, the list goes on. I just what what could he owe Spider-Man for? I just I hmm. mean, like I said, currently in the books, Jonah knows Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Peter unmasked in front of Jonah. Now it doesn't have anything to do with the uh, Doctor Strange's Mephisto spell of like, oh, you take off your mask, somebody can do your identity, they'll remember everything mm -hmm. that happened. They didn't seem to cover that when that particular story was written, which by the way, was in Spectacular Spider-Man's third volume, which eventually renumbered itself uh, when they hit issue 300. But uh, it's been a hit or miss dynamic between the two. Jonah is going out of his way to try to prove how much Spider-Man needs his influence in life and is going to go out of his way to make sure Spider-Man is shown as the greatest hero in New York could ever have. But Peter is constantly rejecting it, and Jameson's now going to do something else to sh prove to Spider-Man he needs J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> Good plan, Jonah. Good luck with that. Um, the 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 ending with Eduardo becoming his werewolf form is very cool. The way Sal draws the expressions of everybody, from Jonah hanging on through the ceiling to Gloria finding out the truth about her boyfriend, which we all knew, is unbelievable. Just the way he draws the the faces, the mouths opening up. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you you can't argue with the cinematic like pace that it goes with it like it's it's very everybody like has their time to shine and that's something i love that both jerry and sal in my opinion do very well they give every plot point you know it's not just a panel it's its own page or so and everything gets progressed naturally versus let's try to cram so much into a 48 page issue that we're going to sell for 8.99 and it's just, it's fine. It's not like, oh my God, this is amazing. It's pivotal change the Spider-Verse world. It's, you know, everything is moves along in a simple $2.99, probably less, uh, issue. And it's it, it's just nice to see such good storytelling. And again, what you got to love is the little horror elements that they keep flashing in here. I mean, she's basically watched her boyfriend just turn into a werewolf. You know, who's literally going to kill her. That's pretty crazy, man. So, like, just props. The next issue says, The origin of the Lobo Brothers, plus is Robbie Robertson safer in the company of Tombstone or his new quote-unquote friend, Bruiser? And over in the web of Spider-Man, 52 will be treated to a new glimpse of J. Jonah Jameson's past as he struggles to free himself from the clutches of the chameleon. Now, we're not going to cover 52, but we are going to cover 51 because 51 and this issue, 51 of web and 51 of spectacular and 52 of spectacular kind of all basically run at the exact same time. Where Spider-Man mm -hmm. is not in this issue, he's over in web of. And the Lobos are two brothers. So that one fights Spidey in one and one's, you know, getting busy with his girlfriend in the other. Yeah, that you got, you know, that's that's comics, kids. So um the uh the ads for the issue, which I always love pointing out, Campbell's Can You Do It puzzle page, very cute if you were a kid and wanted to fill this in. The Fist video game nine hundred number, which we tried calling here on the show. One nine hundred three two one three four seven eight. Fortunately, it's out of it's uh disconnected. Damn it! What? One day. Quick shock for hot shots. These are weird controllers that you can get for your video game system. I guess they're like generic controllers of some kind. Uh, what was the name again? Quick shots. Yeah. For hot shots, they're called quick shots. They're yeah. generic video game controllers. Yeah, quick shot. Uh, actually, that was a um. 
they they made controllers for a while. I remember selling them uh, back in the eighties and nineties. American comics always has ads in comic books. They had them all the way up until the internet really became a bigger deal to sell comics on. And I think they still exist on the internet, but um, their 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 ads ran in black and white, and they have ads in here for the Punisher, Wolverine, Batman, buttons, other things, Joker books. Mm-hmm. The funniest thing that they have an ad in here for, which I have never seen associated with comic books, even though it is a comic strip and it is collected right. in a comic book format, is Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> Well, but we will again. That's all about Bill Watterson. You know, he has that weird opinion about comics collections. I mean, the man won't even sign his own work because he feels it diminishes the quality of it. A little so, bit. Yeah. There's but, also. Yeah, go go. There's also an ad here from Mile High Comics, which still exists to this day, largest collection of comic books ever. They have warehouses upon warehouses of comic books. If you can get out to Denver, Colorado, I highly recommend stopping by. I would definitely love to visit one day. Souvenirs um, for everyone, guys. Bulletin, bulletin, bu- bu- bullpen, bulletin says, "Quote of the month: It's good to be back on home turf, kicking the rear ends of the few average lowlifes." This is quoted by Mark Spector, the Moon Knight, who will be played by Oscar Isaac coming up on the Moon Knight TV series. Indeed, profiler. And, yeah, is speaking, for, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say. And speaking of TV, isn't there a special somebody we should be looking out for in the upcoming Loki show? I was, I, was talking about Mark, I was talking about the Mark Grunewald thing, dude. Was, oh, yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. If you are friends with Catherine Schuler or Mike Carlin, they have been posting heavily all over the internet about Mark Grunewald being played kind of, sort of, it's basically an homage to him. It's not him, but it's homage to him mm-hmm. by um, uh, Luke. Owen right? Wilson. Owen Wilson, excuse Owen. me. Luke Wilson's over on uh, Stargirl. Owen Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny that all three Wilson brothers are in some franchise or another. We have one in The Conjuring, one in DC Comics, one in Marvel Comics. <laughs> but yeah, yeah you keep, keep doing anything, Chris. Mark uh, Mark McLaurin is the profiler of this issue uh, in the bullpen bulletins. He's an assistant editor on Cloak and Dagger, Doctor Strange, Mark Spector, Moon Knight, Power Pack, The Punisher, Strike Force, Mortuary, What the Marvel Fanfare, and many others. And uh, he, uh, yeah, he's got quite the career. I'm not too sure who this guy is, but uh, would love to meet him one day. Um, Stan's also got a Stan soapbox in this issue, uh, which you don't have time to read. But if you can't find the issue, Stan soapboxes were always a lot of fun. I'm shocked there's not a podcast that just sits there and reads Stan soapbox every episode. <laughs> there you go, Chris. That's your next podcast. Oh my god, <laughs> too many, and I'm having problems with the uh, Hammer Horror Show already right now. So, um, Jim Scalarup section, the return of the Scalarup Salacrup Salacrup section. Uh, mm-hmm. where he basically is the guy who answers the letters, which is always fun to read. Says, gee, thanks. Uh, so, oh, sorry. Someone says, uh, just wanted to let you know I got the comic and I thought it was a fantastic. I love being in it. Please, please, please let me be back in the sequel. Apparently she was in Spectacular Spider-Man number 144. This is oh, Tama cool. Jenowitz. I don't know if she's somebody important or if she's just a reader who won a contest and got to be in a Spider-Man issue. I think it's probably that. Yeah, definitely. Um, by the way, 12, 13 issues of a comic book will cost you $8.25 <laughs> if you subscribe to Marvel. <laughs> I was born in the wrong era. Do you, you know, before we end, did you guys ever notice, like, in the old comics, when you see, like, like coupons or surveys that you're supposed to send out 
Do you actually think people sent them out? Because you know, I feel yes. like now. Oh yeah. Yes, because yeah. I have. There are there when when you get your comic book CGC graded, they know that there was a coupon or some type of stamp in there. They're gonna make sure mm -hmm. that that's still intact because I've got comic books where I've got holes in my comic for people who clip stuff out. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of annoying. Also, they used to do like pinups in the back of the comic. You would rip it out in the comic book and pin up on the wall. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I remember. I remember when Image did a lot of those, those, those yeah. special pinups, and it was like, "Oh, this is so great!" But I'm like, "I'm not ruining this issue." <laughs> I cannot I believe they should have done it as like a pack into the comic book. Yeah, mm -hmm. but even still, nowadays you'd be like, it'd be like those uh, tattoos in the Hobgoblin first appearance. You know what oh, I'm talking God. about? Yeah, Hobgoblin. yeah. They're not tattoos that have anything to do with Spider-Man, but they're part of the comic book. And if you ripped them out, it degrades the copy of the first appearance of Hobgoblin. Yep, but yeah. again, how, how how would kids know? You know? Right, right. Well, that's all we have uh, time for this issue of Spectacular Spider-Man. It's a quick one. It's pretty much one and done. But next week, we're going to be covering two back-to-back -back issues because they're tied into the Lobo plot line. Drew's going to do Web of Spider-Man number 51, the plot hey. And I'm going to do Spectacular Spider-Man 152, which I think is one of the first issues of Spectacular I ever read that shocked the hell out of me until I found out it was all a dream. See, I, I was worried I picked the one that you really like, so I'm glad oh, I did. No, no. I, I, I love the 152, which has got the Lobo brothers closing in on a uh, tattered up Spider-Man and Jameson on the cover. So everybody wins except Spider-Man. Right, okay, but it's all a dream, so it's not real. But the cover really, if you were reading everything up to that point and realizing the chameleon is Jameson, it's like, wait, does the chameleon and Spider-Man team up to fight the Lobo brothers? Because the chameleon hates the Lobo brothers because hey. he wants to be the kingpin of New York right now. Spoilers. I don't know where the is currently in comics. I, I don't, that's probably happening over in Daredevil right now, and I'm not reading it. I probably. But yeah. Yeah. I just, before I go, I just want to say so, Chris, like, I don't know how you do it, but you can just rapid fire these things just say this stuff and it doesn't seem like you actually breathe or stutter and i'm just always in awe because i know if i had to read all of these titles back to back consecutively i would just break so whatever you do keep doing it buddy right gotcha <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome just felt like sharing that compliment there Find me on Radio Horror on uh, Facebook at Chris D S A V. There is no social media for this Sal Basima Era podcast, but we are, and you will see us tweeted out on at Chris D S A V. And I'm in various uh, comic book groups. Where can they find you, Drew? Oh yeah, I'm on um, I'm on Facebook, Drew Malo. I'm on Instagram, GhostbustersMan1984. I'm on LinkedIn. You can look me up there. And I write for Screen Rant, so just look up Drew Malo's Screen Rant. You can see whatever I write. I get it gets posted regularly. I'm trying to become the authoritarian of the <laughs> Ultimate Universe. So one article at a time. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome.